going to read a few verses from Philippians, <coughs> excuse me, Philippians chapter 2 and verses 19 to 30. And look at the short-term mission that goes on in this passage. And this is Paul writing to the Philippian church. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, my co-worker, and my fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because he heard you were ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I'm all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety." So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help that you yourselves could not give me. Two weeks away isn't really mission, we've already heard that said this morning. And it's obviously the case here as well as there that really effective outreach can only be done by those who've come to know the culture and the people and the language, and by those who've taken the time to listen and learn and ask the right questions and build up trusting relationships, by long-term missionaries, in other words. It's also true that badly done short-term mission can be a real pain. There'll be those who say, we'll see you're in a right old state, but now we've arrived to sort out all your problems. You should just do church like us. There are those who throw their cash at everything that moves. There are those who claim to know absolutely everything there is to know about the state of the saints in Tipperary or Timbuktu or wherever after just two weeks, and it doesn't work. But if it's well thought out, short-term mission can be extremely beneficial As much, and again we've said this this morning already, for the goers as for the people they're going to. It's the model used by Jesus himself. And Jesus, pretty early on in his ministry, much earlier than any Presbyterian would have done, he sent out the 12 and then he sent out the 70, the 72 into the villages round about him. And these disciples had seen how their master Jesus had gone about preaching and teaching and healing and evangelizing. And now they were being unleashed in pairs or little teams to do just what he 
had done. And the end result, Luke chapter 10, was that it grew enormously in faith and boldness and gifts and skills and confidence and spiritual discernment. And they came back to the Lord and they were absolutely bursting with excitement. Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus, we're told, was filled with joy through the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and you've revealed the secrets of your kingdom to little children. Disciples learning how to make disciples. Brothers and sisters doing it for themselves. And short-term mission was also a ministry model used greatly by the Apostle Paul. We tend to think of Paul, the great church planter and teacher, as this great colossus, this gifted loner, but nothing could be further from the truth. Paul was deeply into discipling and mentoring and teamwork and small groups. Just to give one example, Acts chapter 16. Paul was in a place called Lystra one day when he happened upon a lightly looking young lad called Timothy. And our Timothy was the product of a mixed marriage, so to speak. His dad was Greek and his mum was Jewish. So he knew the word and he knew the streets. He had a living faith. He looked like the full works, the complete package. And recognizing his potential, Paul tapped Timothy on the shoulder and he said, well, how about it? I have a bit of a road trip going down. How about coming along with me and seeing how you get on? Mental note to self. Whose potential should I be unleashing? Whose shoulder should I be tapping on? Because on that short-term mission trip, for that was what it actually was, The gifts of the Spirit were fanned into flame in Timothy. His childhood faith was tested. His character developed. His eyes were open to amazing needs and amazing opportunities and kingdom struggles and kingdom privileges. And pretty soon he ended up in full-time Christian service for himself. So short-term mission is dangerous stuff. So it's a cliche, but it's true nevertheless. Everyone who goes on a short-term mission trip comes back saying, I received so much more than I ever gave. And let's not be ashamed of that because there's strong biblical precedent. Our heart and prayer for all of you who go out this year in short-term mission is that your faith will be tested and strengthened, your vision broadened, your gifts developed, your character further formed, that this would be a growing time a staging post for ministry, and that out of this you'd have an openness to serve the Lord wherever he might send you and whatever he might call you into. So you have been warned. But the scriptures also show us that short-term mission trips can be a great encouragement to long-term workers if they're planned in response to specific needs and loving, lasting relationships. Time and time again, we see these little communities in the New Testament. And some of them only had about 50 members, so they weren't exactly minted. And they sent one or two of their number off to another little Christian community around the Med as a sign of solidarity, a tangible token of God's love and presence, a physical reminder that we're not meant to struggle on our own in all of this. They even had a word for it. 
koinonia, they called it, which means something like having in common, partnership, togetherness. And their short-term mission trips are always carried out in this context of togetherness, of of long-term reciprocal relationships. We see this in Philippians 2, where Paul, by this time in a Roman prison, sent Timothy off on this short-term mission trip to Philippi. We don't know why, but we know there are all kinds of tensions in the congregation. So maybe Timothy was taking a discipleship explored course or leading a few urgent counseling sessions. But it's not what Timothy does that Paul picks up on. It's his character he commends. I've no one like him who shows such genuine concern for your welfare, Paul proclaims. Wouldn't it be great if people could say of us, We've never met anyone like those guys from Orangefield. They care so much about us and how we're getting on, and they share with us in our struggles. And then there was Epaphroditus, sent by the Philippians to help Paul out in Rome. Reciprocal relationships again, mutual mission going on. Paul was stuck in prison. He couldn't earn his own keep, and he needed a lot of practical help. So it's likely that the Philippians sent Epaphroditus to send Paul some money. And that also he became Paul's gopher while he was in jail, doing all kinds of menial stuff. Going to the laundrette, getting the sandwiches in, posting the letters, and so on. And in the grand scheme of things, this type of very practical short-term service doesn't sound too significant, does it? But just look at how Paul describes Epaphroditus. My brother, my co-worker, my fellow soldier. And this word co-worker in particular was a very specialized religious phrase. The title normally reserved for the ordained priests in their service in the temple. So what Paul was actually saying in picking this particular phrase was, in my eyes, in God's eyes, Epaphroditus, you're up there with the best of them. And when poor old Epaphroditus took some nasty foreign Italian bug and became very sick, so sick in fact that he nearly snuffed it and he had to be case vacked home, what did Paul do? He urged the Philippians in no uncertain terms to honour and esteem this guy for all he'd done in Jesus' name. So short-term mission has long-term consequences. Personal growth. Growth in ministry, mutual encouragement, specific needs met, practical service, dirtying of hands, koinonia, partnership, loving, lasting relationships right across God's global church. May we, wherever we go, be a tangible sign of God's love and presence like this. May it be said of us, our brother, our sister, our co-worker in the gospel, our fellow soldier who truly shares in our spiritual struggle. May they thank God highly for our priestly ministry. And may we in the church honour and esteem those who go to serve for Jesus' sake. And whatever you do, please, please don't take whatever it was Epaphroditus took. Shall we pray?
We've been thinking about those little New Testament churches and their real concern and support for one another, their real sense of koinonia. Do we need more of an outward focus here in Orangefield, locally, in the community round about us, the churches round about us, and globally? We've been thinking about the Lord's call to follow him and make disciples. And we've mentioned just some opportunities to do just that. Is there something that really struck us that made us think, I could go and do something like that? And we've been thinking of the need to honour those who are sent out from the church for Jesus' sake. Is there some person or some project that we should be encouraging? What place does mission have in our thinking and in our praying and in our giving? Let's just take a minute to consider what the Lord might be saying to us today. Amen. Amen.